0: No man should ever walk alone, with Danny Frawley.
1: great to have your company for another week of No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's with thanks to our great mates at Chemist Warehouse. This program, of course, is the brainchild of St Kilda champion Danny Spud Frawley, who joins me tonight unshaven, Yep, has passed me his phone and is showing me a photo of a premiership yesterday. Spud, good evening to
0: you. Good evening, Jack. Good evening, listeners. And it's taken... All of 55 years to get that coveted Premiership, <laughs> Jack. A lot of people... I hadn't thought about that, Well, yeah. when I said it yesterday, um, and we'll talk about the girls, because I don't want it to be about me, but it, it is a little bit about me. <laughs> 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 but when I said to the crowd after I got the um, the Premiership Cup with my daughter, Chelsea, who was captain, um, and that was great in itself to have my two daughters playing, two of my three. But then when I said to the crowd, um, well, it's taken a while, to win one of these. So everyone's assume you know, your country footy and the juniors and yeah. playing country football, that I'd played in a flag. Got to a couple of grand finals, but never actually won one. So, so Bungaree never won no, one? Really? No. Really? Never won one, Jack. So wow. So it's, um, it's taken a long, long time. Someone had said to me 10 years ago, you're going to coach a flag with your two daughters playing. I said, oh, what's going on? It must be. It, it can't happen, surely. But um, it was one of the great wins from the old Hale-Aberians, um, the Hearts. Uh, and, and the Vaffa need to be commended. All the Australian, you know, especially the AFL. This wouldn't have been formed without the introduction of AFLW. And Vaffa traditionally is a men's amateur sport. And last year, 46 new teams come in, all fresh, all faced, fresh-faced. This year, I think there's 57. And for our girls, most of them have never played before. And to, to get involved in a club culture and get them involved in... Because I've got a lot of... Doctors, lawyers, physios, mm. veterinarians. These girls are very, very intelligent. But to see the way they've uh, molded themselves into a really good team and close knit team, and having great networking now. But four weeks ago, Jack, I was telling you we weren't even in the four, so we had to win to get in the four. So we snuck in, in the last game. So three weeks ago, we're playing. Uh, we finished fourth, and fourth place third in the elimination. We're playing Old Brighton, which is a great tradition. Between those two teams, hadn't beaten them at all. Um, we hadn't beaten anyone in the four at all, so we we're naught and seven. So I'm not sure what odds we would have been. It's a bit like Melbourne in a way. to win the flag. Yeah, um, it was just a Cinderella story that was going to finish at some stage, but I didn't think it'd end up the way it did. So we ended up beating old, old uh, Brighton by a couple of points. We then played Bowie, who finished on top and got beat in the f- second semi. They were expected to beat us by ten. We won by. Three points, and then yesterday we won by fourteen against Old Scotch. who had only lost two games for the year, so and they beat us by seven and eight goals. Look, the conditions helped us a little bit. It was very windy, but to um, win a win a game like that was very close. There was about a thousand people there too at Sandringham Oval, Trevor Barker Oval, two thirty. The girls had an absolute ball. Um, and the celebrations! Wow, they, <laughs> we're going to talk about them a bit later yeah, on in the program. Thought the Saints could uh, celebrate in the early eighties, Jack, but these girls did a great job. So it's it's really good. On Thursday night, we're going to the the game was filmed, so we're going to have a couple of refreshments at the club rooms, watch the game, have have something to eat. They'll have their their premiership team photo and. It's something that these girls, and me in particular, um, will cherish for the rest of our
1: lives. And the reason we wanted to start with it tonight, before we welcome in our guest after the break, was because we've spoken a bit about belonging to a club or belonging to someone, your social network, and what it can mean to you. Not just when you win premierships, but just to be involved in something like that.
0: No, and there's a couple of girls that didn't have a lot of airtime, and there's a couple of girls that missed out, but they got just as much a kick out of it as everyone else. Like a couple of my coaches award at the end of the end the presentation night will be probably a couple of the girls that aren't blessed naturally with skill, but they train hard, they love it, they get involved in all the social activities, and they're a part of the team. So you don't have to be the best player, whether it's football, netball, basketball, cricket. As long as you have some interaction there, these girls, it's, a, it's just a, a great thing for their life balance because normally they'd be just going home after work but they knock the door down to come to training they they knock the door down to get a game and they have fun after the game and it's just something i think all of us at times when you play an individual sport they're great but team sport to me is the greatest drug in the world
1: and it just as i say it got us thinking about you know belonging and with summer and summer sports yep. not too far around the corner if you Sort of looking for something to do, and you think I wouldn't mind belonging to something. There's a sporting club or an organisation. I guarantee within a couple of minutes of where you live, everywhere. If you're in metropolitan area, you've got lawn
0: bowls, you've got croquet, you've got tennis, cricket, soccer, basketball. The Sandringham Tennis Club down there has got a a full sized billiard table. They have competitions that you know you didn't even think existed. You got table tennis, you got volleyball. You know, you go down to MSAC. There's so many different sports down there. The badmintons, oh. badminton's a great game. Yeah, squash, they've squash, got a squash courts there. The the table tennis to me is is a game that anyone can play. Are you any good? I'm not too bad. I've got a really wicked backhand. <laughs> but an all, forward, or backhand. Yeah, <laughs> all or nothing backhand. All or nothing backhand it is. The one over the top it's an all or nothing but when it's all it's yeah, it's see you later. Uh, it's a cross court special but not too good on the forehand so you can sort of if a good player they can turn me inside out quite easy but but you're right getting um, into a walking group, uh, a jogging group, cycling group. There's so many things out there that I think we just take for granted. And now, that the, isn't it good? The days are starting to get a little bit longer. Yeah, you can just see it now, can't you're you? You're waking a little bit earlier. And, and don't just lie in bed. When you're awake, get up and go for a walk. Go for a walk. Go And if you have normally have a coffee to drive to go, just walk down and have a coffee, read the paper. You've got an extra half an hour now compared to um, four weeks ago. When, when it was uh, dark, sort of the, the sun didn't come up till about, what, 20 past seven. Now it's starting to open up our eyes about 10 too. So you've got an extra half an hour of the morning and of the night. So that's why it's a great time of year, I reckon, now to shed shed a couple of kilos. Um, you, you're going to be having some summer clothing, so you want to look good in that. And now's the time, instead of waiting till sort of, oh, you buy all those summer gear, oh, gee, I've, instead of um, 42 around the waist, I, I might have to have... Now, I'll have a... Um, I'll try those uh, 38 waist, please. Then you go to put them on. They don't even go over your toe and you think, <laughs> mm, maybe I need the 44. Yeah. So you've gone in 42 and I've lost a bit, 38, and you've gone out thinking, gee. Um, and and that, they're great signs. I think the greatest uh, thing for me in life balance and physical attributes, that is, is just a look in the mirror of a morning. We've
1: got a very special guest
0: that's about yes. to join
1: us. Tell us more, Spud, before we welcome him in after the break. We've
0: got Michael Coffey from WorkSafe uh, Victoria, Jack, and they. there's a touch point for about three million people throughout Victoria that um, have some interaction with WorkSafe. We're going to spend the first uh, segment talking about something close to my heart, the farmers, and how difficult it is, and we know there's droughts up north, but the facts are and these facts are quite damning um, for all us farmers, and I put myself in that because it's the only trade that I did as a youngster, is more than half the deaths in Australia on the workplace are from on farms. Gee, really? Yet we, the farmers are only 3.5% of the Australian workforce. It doesn't add up. It shouldn't be it's like that. It's a shocking that. stat, yeah. Jack. It's a shocking stat where the farmers are always busy. They're running around doing eight and nine jobs at once. They don't sit down and because you're dealing with some really big plant machines, some tractors, PDOs. and Yeah, there's just some real tragic in- incidents, which um, Michael will talk about and I'll talk about from experiences from, uh, from my uncles and a couple of mates down the road that lost their lives, unfortunately. So that's one thing we're going to be talking about. We're also going to be talking about um, just issues in the workplace, where the support network in any workplace here at Croc Media SEN, if there's something wrong with you in some situation, you've always got someone to talk to. Yet we, we build it up. We're on our own, and we'll get through. But WorkSafe do a really good job of starting the conversation going. Whether it's workplace bullying, which is you know a big issue in the workforce now, a lot of a lot of injuries in the workforce, and a lot of mental health issues. So Michael Coffey. Really looking forward to speaking to him after the break and excited to get him on. And he will join
1: us after this with all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Great to have your company on. No man should ever walk alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. But it's time to welcome in our first guest tonight.
0: Thanks a lot, Jack. As I said at the top of the show, we've got Michael Coffey from WorkSafe. He's the Head of Hazardous Industries and Industry Practice. Good evening, Michael. Good evening. How are you going? Going well, mate, going well. Now, I'm a farmer by trade. Uh, A lot of people say I uh, do a little bit of this and a bit of that, but I'm a farmer first and foremost, and uh, seven generations um, farming all the way from Tipperary Island. And I think my great-great-grandparents got on a boat from Ireland, got off at Port Ferry and rode a horse all the way to Bungaree in the central highlands, and hence the nickname Spud, Spud Farmer. So I'm pretty passionate about... Uh, the workplace in farms. I know that your uh heritage um from a dairy farm, that, that's right?
2: Yeah, that's correct, Danny. So um yeah, I grew up in Braywood, little country town near Bra- uh, near Canberra. Uh four generational dairy farm that I grew up on there. Um, so, yeah, really passionate about farming and understand the inherent risks associated with it. And it is Victoria's most dangerous workplace.
0: Yeah, and that's, um, that's something we need to, to break the grass, glass ceiling with, Michael, because um, I've, I've got some real-life stories. I've got um, one uncle had a, had, a, had a very ordinary accident with a PDO. I've had um, one of my neighbours, Dennis Diamond, um, 25 years ago, was a great footballer, was uh, working under the, the truck, the tip truck, and uh, under a bolt, the wrong bolt, uh, where the oil was coming through the hydraulic ram and unfortunately um, lost his life. Uh, I've had a recent um, injury to one of my late father's best mates. He, he bought an old slasher, and unfortunately he was um, standing on top of the slasher whilst it was still going. No one was around, and unfortunately the old slasher that he bought had, had some welding on top of the plate where he's standing, the, the welding broke through and uh, um, made an awful mess of, of his legs at the age of 78. So, And he's still recovering from that, thank God. He didn't lose his legs. But it's just the fact that farmers traditionally, we're so busy, but sometimes we, we just take too many risks.
2: Yeah. And look, the consequences have a major impact on the community and a major impact on families. This year alone we've 7 of the 7 of the 15 fatalities in Victorian workplaces have been on farms. Um, and,
0: how, and how much of the workforce would be farmers? It wouldn't be 3% a, a of the well, gee, that 3, is far 3, too much isn't it?
2: Last year it was 14 14 people in agriculture lost their lives. So that was over 50% of our fatalities. In the last 5 years 47 people in agriculture have lost their lives at work.
0: Well, that's just, you know, that that stat alone is something that, you know, I'm quite passionate about. Obviously, on this show, no man should ever walk alone. And when you actually think about those words in itself, men are isolated and they're they're taking far too many risks when they're on their own. And some of these fatalities could be, um, and and injuries could be stopped so easily by just taking time, having someone with, you know, I know they've got to be isolated at times, but just be so careful, you know, Stepping onto moving tractors and PDOs and there's so many so many different uh, mechanisms that they're in a really dangerous workplace, but unfortunately they they're always in a hurry.
2: And look the common causes are, haven't changed. So it's powered plant machinery, so tractors, quad bikes, it's interaction with, with uh heavy livestock, um, working around overhead power lines, they're, they're common things that we've seen throughout the decades that, that cause farm fatalities. Um so you know from a from a worksafe perspective, we do over two and a half thousand visits onto farms mm. um, at the moment since March we've had a focus on quad bikes, and I know we've issued over two hundred and seven improvement notices to farmers around around quad bikes so
0: so just on the quad bikes um is there a scenario going forward because I must admit that you, you do hear a lot about the quad bikes um is it going to get to a stage where they'll have roll bars or We'll probably just not not use, <coughs> excuse me, not use quad bikes. Yeah, so <coughs> currently there, there's,
2: a, there's a working group that's going through the ACCC at a, at a national level yep. just looking at the, the safety ratings and roll bars and all, mm. all that type of things. We have a, um, a grant uh, with the Victorian Farmers Federation um, that's available for farmers to either get a side-by-side vehicle as an alternative to a quad bike or fit, fit a uh, rollover protection device. So it's certainly something that we're advocating. Um, so we're really t- taking for farmers to mm. have a look at the way they're using quad bikes yep. and, you know, put in a system of work so far as reasonably practicable that manages the risk of rollover.
0: So I'm a farmer. Um, I'm on the tractor now. We, we we go all over Australia. You know, on the on the podcast especially. If they're sitting on their tractor or their harvester right now, is there somewhere we can get on the website um, and? And have some, um, you know, from worksafe's point of view, to to say, look, we've got a seminar here, or just have a look at this website and step through these scenarios.
2: Yes, we've certainly got some guidance, and we, we can we can provide that material to you, yeah. Um around certainly working with working around tractors, working around quad bikes, those types of things. We also do field days. So yeah. if you're at a field day in Victoria, you'll often see a work safe booth out. Here. Yeah, I've so always seen those. They're great. And um, we've been lucky enough to have some farmers that will let us onto their farms mm. and bring in, bring the community and the farming community onto their farms, and we talk about workplace safety. So, you know, we're, we're out there doing a few things trying to educate with, with farmers on that. So, yeah, it's a really important thing. There's a lot of tools available. The Victorian Farmers Federation has a lot of mm. resources. Um, they've got a farm... Uh, safety officer yep. just employed who, who we fund. So there's some really good initiatives out there that farmers can tap into.
0: And there's also... Um, we talk about the farmers, but most farmers have got a wife. Most farmers have got parents yep. um, that, that have handed... You know, the farm's gone down through generations. And most farmers have got children and grandchildren, for that matter. So it's about educating them as well, isn't it? Because yes. we... As I said... Um, Farmers traditionally, and as I said, I'm, not, I'm saying this in a in a polite way because I've been one. We sometimes we're we're very stubborn and change to a farmer at times is you know they think about the only person that likes change is a baby with a wet nappy. Um, change historically for farmers has been something that's oh that you know we did it this way, this is the way we're going to do it, but we we do have to change. And I think the message for um, the wives, the parents, the, the children. It's super important as well that they make sure that dad or or my uncle's going well on the farm so, farm place as well.
2: Yeah, if I think back to my dad, Danny, he, the the two things that influenced him the most was firstly his family mm. and his peers, his friends, his footy mates, his the people that he had a beer on the pub with on a mm. Friday night. They were the people that really influenced him, and you know the community, the farming community, we see as a key enabler. To really changing the behaviours in the farming community. The one thing that I did see with my dad was that he really did take safety seriously. I can't remember Mm. him having an accident. He was meticulous with his gear. He Mm. cleaned it all the time. He had the manufacturer's handbook well-thumbed. He knew exactly what is it. And he had a mechanic. Once it got too much for him, he called in someone to help him. If he was going out by himself, he let us know where he was. That's right. Um, Mobile phone. He, he never rushed anywhere. I think the only time I saw him get the motorbike out of second gear was when he was being chased by a ground <laughs> snake. So he just <laughs> yeah. he never rushed anywhere. Um, I didn't see him get off any um, moving vehicles or tractors mm. or like that. And if he was working on the on a piece of equipment, he isolated it, mm. made sure it wasn't engaged. So. Look, they're the key messages we're trying to get through to farmers. Mm. And that was one thing that my dad was as stubborn as a a lot of other farmers. But in one way, especially with machinery, because we were a dairy farm for four generations, but um, eventually the government sold the subsidy and he had to go into contracting. Mm. So the machinery became his asset. So he really did look after it. And as I said, that is the key thing. Tractors and Power plant and machinery are the key things we see that are causing workplace fatalities on farms.
0: Yeah, right. And it's it's about taking time to um, think about uh, the consequences, yes. and and just taking a deep breath. And that's why you know i was saying off air before Michael that the field days I love going to have a look at the tractors and and all the new machinery. But you know I know work safe is an integral part of those field days right now for all the right reasons because. They've got a bit of time on your hands. So, for any farmer out there and you go to a field day and you, you see the WorkSafe tent, just get in there and have a chat because it's, and then it becomes front of mind. It does. Because the unfortunate part about, as I said, I'm, I'm speaking from experience, it's not front of mind. And it only happens, unfortunately, when, you know, my father's best mate stood on the slasher, that the whole community then bands around and says, gee, let's all just take a deep breath. And unfortunately, it's incidents like this that we probably do have to talk about so it doesn't happen to your neighbour across the road because I think if we're any, any farmer's listening out there now, I can remember picking up rocks um, in the paddock and you'd have the trailer and the tractor and you'd, you'd often just get on the tractor and, and stop it, get off. There's a few rocks here, put them, put them on the trailer. Then I thought, oh no, I'm, I'm sick of getting on and off the tractor. I'll just keep it moving um, and then just walk beside the trailer and the tractor, put the rocks on, and then it'd get offline a little bit the tractor, so then I'd just sort of put my arm up and just get the steering wheel a little bit and, and straighten it up. Next to me, you know, you know, your foot's nearly going under the, the big wheel with the with the tread on it, and you know, and I've had some really uh, close escapes on that. When you look back and you know, even forklifts uh, driving around those, um, you know, the PTO is standing on the back of the tractor while the pdo is going, putting your putting your boot on it. Thinking it's a great joke, just letting it slide on your boot. And as you know, if you've got a little bit of a loose thread on your your jean, uh, that that gets in the PDO. Well, you know, we all know the the unfortunate incidents with with PDOS and machinery around around the farms.
2: And the reality is, you can you can do that 99 times, and no one gets injured. Mm. And then the hundredth time, it's tragic consequences. And you know, we we know the average the average age of a farmer is 59. Mm. So, yeah. uh, you know, and a habit you had with you, that you were doing when you yeah. were 29, 39 right. may not necessarily going to work for you when you're 59 years of age. So, you know, we really stress the farmers to make safety every day your mm. number one priority. And I think you mentioned before, the first line of defence to turn this around is the community, mm. the farming community, families, friends. WorkSafe's the work second line of defence. We, we will come in, we'll enforce, we'll prosecute, but the communities mm. are the ones who, yeah. can, who can turn this behaviour around. So
0: and, it, and it's turned around in the physical sense as well, um, the physical wellbeing and mental wellbeing, we'll, and we'll touch on that after the next ad break. But farmers traditionally, again, as I said, I'm speaking from experience, so I'm not here espousing something I didn't do. Traditionally, we'd work really hard and then go down to the the local pub, have a couple of frothies, and then sometimes someone will come in, and you haven't seen. It. So a couple ends up in too many, and the next morning you're turning a your tractor on, a little bit cloudy in the brain. So the physical side of it as well, and the preparation from the the night before to the next morning. There's no there's no one on the work site to say, look, you've you've had too much to drink last night. Just take it easy, um, drink plenty of water. You, you, you're a little bit clouded in your thinking. You didn't sleep that well because you drank too much. So. All those things, again, can add up into a in, into a situation that we don't want. So I think we've got to... Um, and it's great that we're talking about it, but I think we've got a hell of a lot more work to do because the stats at the start of the show, they just resonate with me, and it's just, unfortunately, it shouldn't be like that, but it's traditionally, um, we're, and we're getting there. And I know the great work that you, you guys are doing at WorkSafe um, to prevent these, these injuries and deaths.
2: Yeah, and it is, as I said, it was 50% of our fatalities last year. And, you know, it's a, a real big focus for WorkSafe mm. and, and just taking that time at mm. the start. And, you know, I look after the construction sector as well. And yep. you know, the, the toolbox talks, they take the time before they start their job to think about how are we going to do this safely today.
0: Well, that's, uh, for any farmer out there, just um, th- there's a website with WorkSafe.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We've got a website. We've also got an advisory line. If you you want to get some help, that's at 1800 136
1: 089. Excellent. And we can certainly provide you with details for your website. Stick with us. Still plenty more to come. Michael Coffey will stay in the studio with us on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. You're listening to No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to our great mates and wonderful supporters at Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Spud's going to talk a little bit about hangover cures very shortly because I'm not sure that our man has started the day all that fresh, but his special guest in the studio tonight is Michael Coffey from WorkSafe.
0: Well, Michael, we said before the ad break we're going to touch on um, a whole range of issues, but the, the number one issue this show has got is uh, the heading itself, No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, is is the mental health space of of men any age and as we all know i've been through a a mental health scenario and i'm led to believe you've you've had your own mental health issues
2: yeah look i think one of the path one of the the key things and challenges is um people having the courage to share their conversations like um you have and and starting that conversation around mental health um probably around 2013 over a very short period around two years i went through um Four pretty significant life events, very in a quick succession. So um, firstly, my dad died. I then was very lucky to have the birth of my son. And I went through yep. a divorce and I lost my job.
0: Gee, All in a very wow. short time What through. age were you at that stage? Uh,
2: that was from about 40 to 42. So, mm.
0: um, they're, the, they're the actual stats and what you've went through is probably why, you know, and did you put your hand up at that stage, or you just...
2: Yeah, um, I, certainly it impacted my mental health. And I, yep. if I reflect on my journey through that, it, I think it, what it really does is it illustrates how powerful the workplace can mm. be in addressing mental health in our community. Mm. Um, I think the first thing is having the courage to have the conversation yep. and you know, removing that stigma associated yep. with mental health. I think the stats are, you know, one in five people are going to be impacted in mm. some form of mental health condition in, in Australia. So it's 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 a big phenomenon. So, um, you know, it was interesting hearing your podcast last week, the Chief Commissioner talking openly about it. It's mm. important that leaders in our community have the conversation, remove the stigma associated with mental health so that we can talk about it.
0: No, you're spot on. We're talking about um, Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton last week. And as I said, I, he, he has a, such a huge job and for him to put his hand up and... So I've, I need to take a spell. I think it was probably the bravest thing that he's done in his time there. And you, you think about these guys put their life on the line every day. And um, and obviously, it's, I'm really intent on listening to your story now. And look, one of the key things uh,
2: around that is is your friends and your peers. Yeah, they were really really strong to me, and the support I got, I was connected in through a friend. Mm. Um, the workplaces are really. Critical places where we can teach people, mm. raise awareness around mental Spot health on. literature. It's um, I've spent you know a lot of time working in fire services. I've spent worked in three fire services, and the peer support and the chief commissioner talked about peer support in mm. the police. And this is really powerful because it, to have that person that you can have the courage to have that conversation to, they can connect you into yep. the support. And there's a lot of support out there. There's mm. like, like, um, we were just speaking about farmers earlier. The Victorian Farmers Federation has a page that, that's got a myriad of support for farmers around mm. that. But the hardest thing is for, A, someone to have the courage to yep. talk to someone about it, and then for the person who they're talking to, to know what to do, mm. to have that literature. So workplaces can be a big part of, you know, there's over nearly over 3 million pe- workers in Victoria. So if we're educating 3 million people across our state, that's... Going to have an impact on mental health in our community, and for people, when someone does raise a mental con- um, health condition with them, that they know what to do, mm. they know where to connect them to. So,
0: because mental and and this it, it's actually an illness, not a weakness, and I think that's what you know. As you said, breaking the stigma, and the facts are that if you have got a mental um, health issue, the, there's so much support at your workplace and, and at WorkSafe that. Um, it's naive of people now just to try and get through it on their own.
2: Absolutely, and workplaces, you know, have a lot of things in place like yep. employee assistance programs, yep. specific mental programs, especially for some of the, you know, the, the areas like the, the first responders that, you know, respond yep. to, to horrific events in our community. Um, and Worksafe itself, it, we have a um, a Work Well Fund yep. at the moment. We've invested the Work Well's fifty million dollar program that was announced last year. Today, Make mental health a priority at work um, part of this this program is an interactive online program which will be launched called work well toolkit and that's just for employers mm. that's to get on and say what how can i tailor the resources and the, the support out there for my workplace so that's a that's a great resource um, so you know the workplace can be a really big part of getting that support yep. that someone that someone needs I think the, the, the third thing that workplaces can do is around physical well-being. it mm. you know, can really support... Yep, um, no doubt. You know, like, try and make sure I at least walk seven to eight k's a day mm. and drink plenty of water. I mean, it's, workplaces can really help educate and facilitate physical well-being, which, which improves mental well-being.
0: There's no doubt in that. They go hand in hand. I can remember going to a, a, work, a construction site that do a lot of work out the outskirts of Melbourne and they painted one of their um, big machines blue to get this conversation started because these guys are isolated in the big machines, the big Kato's and the diggers and they've got a beautiful air conditioned little cabin but they spend all the eight hours in there and the the conversation is before they get in and after, just ask each other how they're going yep. and it's just front of mind so these type of initiatives are getting better and better but we've still got a long way to go because traditionally in the past uh, it was you know, just toughen up, work through it, you'll be right yep. but As you said, there's so many different avenues now that we can help each other. And so, how did you get back to 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 full health, or you know, back back on the bike? And then, because was there a scenario there where you had to you didn't have a job?
2: Well, well, probably the hardest the hardest part was where I didn't have the job. Yeah. And I'll talk about the workplace in a second and how important it is to recovery. And that was, you know, that was the really hard part to me. There was a there was a quote I had on my fridge that I, I printed there was if you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah. Um. That's a quote by Churchill, but yeah. and And also, just had a picture of my son. So it was excellent. Um. That was the hardest part. But yeah. Once I did get back to work, it gave me structure and purpose. Yeah. And excellent. don't underestimate how important that is to to getting back to mm. to to health. So it was such an important part. You know, it's important that that workplaces, you know, define roles that are supported. They have well defined roles in what people are doing. You know they recognize and celebrate success. Mm. it is such an important part of being there and it's um and I guess the the other you know, from a work perspective is that the workplace is managing those psychosocial risks yep. bullying and harassment, occupational violence that the appropriate behaviors in the workplace those things are being managed and it's not only can it managing the risks associated with that but the the workplace itself can be such a big part of a person's recovery mm. from it from that process so structure is really
0: important no, it certainly is I can remember myself um, going back to the local footy club You know, I was battling a bit and it actually something that I I missed I didn't realise I missed it so much but just having t- some in- interaction with some colleagues uh, and getting back on the bike and then enjoying footy again and enjoying my family and as you said I think at times we've um, especially men out there and i say to everyone uh, not only the men but their partners their their, their Daughters, their um, fathers, forefathers, buy your, by your father or your mate, um, or your husband, a full-on health check once a year, mm-hmm. and a, a, and a part of that health check is the physical components quite easy. You get your bloods done, and you, you know, you you might have a bit of sugar, so that's there in black and white. But then a part of the health check is for the doctor to ask you, are you okay? And if you um, and are, I'm an R, just just tell him how you're feeling because. There's always financial issues or, or marital, um, some personal problems, some addictions out there that we just think we're going to be able to get through on our own. But we've got so many resources, as you rightly said, um, to get through these scenarios now, and, and it's okay to talk up about it.
2: And I think that's the thing. I think the support's there, you know, the awareness around mental health is being raised, but it's that the hardest step is the first step. Mm. It's having the courage to to have that conversation with your friend or... Say that yeah. you're struggling
0: because I'm sure in Worksafe when you know when someone has a has an injury, let's say he's driving a forklift and he's and he's fallen off the, the forklift, and it's just a a scenario, and he's 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 done his AC joint. You know he's fallen on the concrete and he's yeah. he's had to get two screws and a plate in. Well, you can see the recovery period of this is when he has the operation. He's got to get the physio. He's then coming back to work on light duties, and then he's in full fitness again in about six months. That's probably where it I think is a collarbone. I've I've done one, so it's sort of you you know you got to do yeah. a lot of strengthening, really mundane work. So there's a six month period there where it's all stepped out, bang, physio, strengthening, back into full work. So you know, and and the workplaces do really well at that now, thanks to you guys at Worksafe. But the mental side of it is hard to quantify, as we as we know. But there's the only way you actually get better. Through the mental health scenarios, is to talk to your peers, to your boss, to your partner, to your, to your work yep. colleague, to say, "Look, um, I've got a little bit of an issue here. What do you think?" You said, "Well, go and see your boss. He'll look after you." Because, yep. and they do. And then, as I said, you've got some great um, tools to use at Worksafe as well.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, I think you know one of the things that we encourage organisations to do is leaders to speak openly about it. Get someone in to talk mm. about it because. If you, the stigma is not removed, people don't speak up, and you can't help them. If they don't, if you don't know someone hasn't got a problem or has got a problem, you can't help them.
0: You're spot on, and I, I think that you know this is basically the, the genre of our um, scenario. At no man should ever walk alone. Michael is, I'm, I'm I can talk football so I'm blue on the face, and I can talk about this and that. And the other thing, but I'm so passionate about getting people out there to know that oh, gee, Danny Frawley sort of. He's a happy-go-lucky sort of lad, and he was this. And ex- externally I looked okay, but internally I just let it build up yeah. far too much. And, you know, the lack of – the big one out there, guys, is the lack of sleep. That was the one that cooked me eventually. I slept like a baby, even coaching those losses at Richmond many moons ago. would still sleep seven, eight hours, but then the sleep went from six to five to four to one. And then, you know, three weeks without sleep, and I thought, you know, back in the day, just work through it. You'll be right. Train harder drink a little bit more, I'll, I'll get through. But I, I couldn't, and I finally put my hand up, and it was the best thing I ever did.
2: Yeah, and look, the you, you stop sleeping, stop going to the gym, and it just cascades to the point where, you know, it goes out of control. But, you know, if you've got friends and you train your staff yep. to recognise the signs and symptoms, then they can, you know, there's an intervention point there that they can they can get in and get the support that people need.
0: Well, Michael, we could go on all night here, but I know you're a very, very busy man. You've got to get home to bed for a, for a big work day tomorrow, and as you said, get your, get your sleep. It's the most most important aspect of your health, but for anyone out there listening, whether it's a farmer, uh, whether it's someone in the work workplace that, that's going through a few issues, whatever they are, just get on the WorkSafe uh, website, worksafe.vic.gov.au. So thanks a lot, Michael. Real appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man, and um, good luck.
1: Thank you, Danny. And a big thanks to Michael Coffey. We appreciate your time, Michael. Thank you for being with us tonight. A break from us. We're going to wrap things up after this. This is No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's with thanks to Chemist Warehouse, who are, of course, as always, Spud, the real house of fragrances. Great chat with Michael Coffey.
0: We really appreciate his time tonight. No, absolutely outstanding. We'll get get him on later on uh, down the track too, Jack. I've got a lot of um, things I want to get to, but WorkSafe do a great job. So WorkSafe.vic.gov. Yep. .au to get on the website there, and which led me to, Jack, I um, talked about the, the celebrations at the start of the show with Old Halebury. It's fair to say the girls did a great job, and I got caught up in it all, and we all made sure we got cabs home, but it was sort of, we started drinking, um, well, I did not had to do my show with cheap, but the girls started drinking about seven o'clock. Yeah, okay. Had a, quite a few, and then 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, and that's when we so you went
1: back after yeah, Bounce last up night, the bounce did you? Yeah. And the
0: girls were very excited to see me back there, and I was excited to get back. But they were they were in uh, full tilt, Jack, at that stage, at about quarter to nine. <laughs> the girls were very, very excited, and, and as we all were. And then you wake up the next morning and you're happy with your day, but you you feel pretty well hungover. And I think everyone's been down this position. And it was probably uh, not a coincidence when Michael Coffey was talking about the workplace and some of the accidents when you're not thinking straight well i wasn't thinking straight this morning pretty fuzzy pretty tired had a busy weekend with the footy and a whole range of things and i was lucky because i had the morning off so i didn't have to do much at all but i, I then look think of um the farmers and, and people in the trades if they have a big night there's no doubt they're driving to work a little bit dusty and they're not thinking straight they're, they're clouded in their views especially. People dealing with big machineries, yeah, uh, big machines. So, but the the recovery for me, Jack's quite simple. Um, I was a big believer in sweating it out. Went for a run, uh, did it pretty hard. Had a had a, went down to the Brighton bars, had a really good steam, and and drink a, a hell of a lot of fluid. I reckon I've drank about uh, three litres of fluid, and it was come by two o'clock. I was fine because I had a sweat. I got my got the blood pumping. Got got rid of most of the, uh, the residue from the night before, and the water was the big one for yeah. me. So I think at times we then, you know, after a big night, you drink a coffee, and two coffees and three coffees, but you, your body's already dehydrated because the alcohol does get rid of all the fluid and um, and just soaks it up, so you become very dehydrated. That's hence the headache. When you've got a huge headache of a morning, it means that you need at least two to three litres of water. But what do we do, Jack? We have a coffee and two discipline. Yeah. So we mask that artificially. So we're still not quite lucid, as in how we want to act throughout the day. So, yep, I was sluggish this morning, but after a run, it's plenty of water. I'm I'm back back in amongst it. And you, well, I wouldn't say you're looking completely fresh, but you're fresh enough. I'm oh, okay. You're, yeah, don't be. You know, how do you think the beard's going? I don't by the see
1: you unshaven that often.
0: It's sort of it's thrown me off a bit today. It does. Yeah. I'm gonna hang. It's gonna hang around for a while is, because is Chief's influence well, rubbed Chief, off on you. No, has it? Well, Chief. Chief reckons he's got the people's beard. Yeah, I reckon right. he, I reckon he's got the perceived people's beard, <laughs> and I've got the I've got the people's beard that they want. So I'm going to let it go for a couple of weeks just to get up his nose more than anything else. Oh,
1: I can't wait to see the grey beard that you roll. You'll be <laughs> yeah, full I think, silver fox. Yeah, no,
0: that's the thing. I think I might have to get it off because I look old enough as it is with the grey hair. but the grey beard, mightn't mightn't be a good look, Jackie boy.
1: It's been a good show. It's been a great show. No, the work safe conversation was terrific. I must admit, just sat back and listened and, mm. and learnt some of the stats. The notes was... you were
0: writing was very, very informative and if you've if you've got an issue, I could see as yeah, see my direct report and, and get get it done worksafe.vic.gov.au
1: is where we urge you to go of course if you want to hear the full episode from tonight or any other episode sen.com.au or you can follow along with Spud's social media platforms at Spud Says on Twitter that's right and also on Instagram, Instagram. enjoy your week same to you Jackie boy